Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Shelly Johannes is the author of Shine Like a Unicorn. She is the co-author of nine books in the Love Science picture book series, including CC Love Science with Kimberly Durding. She is the author of Theos Thesaurus and her newest picture book, Shine Like a Unicorn. Shelly has also written teen novels under S.R. Johannes, including the Nature of Grace series and the critically acclaimed Untraceable, Rewired, and On the Bright Side. Shelly lives in Atlanta with her own pack of animals, a British husband, two kids, one bird, one fish, and two crazy golden doodles who hate vegetables. Welcome, Shelly. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Shine Like a Unicorn and also the thesaurus, the dinosaur who loved big words. Yes, thank you for having me. But there are a lot of big words in the unicorn book also. That is true. The unicorns do like big words. Like, And also, <laughs> what was flossum? I think that was my favorite word. You know, that... I saw that a long time ago. My my daughter bought a shirt that that said Flossum oh, at right. some little cute boutique store in like a mountain town, and I was like, that that's brilliant, yeah. you know. So I don't. I'm sure people have said it before, but that was where I heard well, it. Well, I hadn't heard it. And there was another word. Wait, hold on. I have to find it, and then I'll ask you to like. Gosh, I hope it's not the one I can't pronounce. No, wait, hold on. It was it was right above gobsmacked. Okay, well, I'll find it later. Anyway, why don't you tell everybody what Shine Like Unicorn is really about and what inspired you to write it? I know you've written so many other books and you've mastered the whole CC love science, Libby love science genre. You've like cornered the market. So why this book? Why this book after and and why now? Yeah, it's world domination. World domination. As, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> Shine Like a Unicorn came about, it's a book that really is about celebrating yourself and celebrating standing out, trying to stand out in the crowd, not trying to hide and trying to just show off your best features. And this came about because my kids are always struggling to, you know, stand out or like be what everybody wants them to be. You know, my daughter's a senior, my son's a freshman. And I always say when they go to school, you know, you know, do you like be brave, be bold, be you is kind of what I say whenever they leave the house. 
But my son had some bullying going on a few years ago. And I, he kept saying, I'm different than everyone else. And they're picking on me. And I used to always say, be a unicorn in a herd of horses. Like you don't want to be a horse. If someone walks up and sees a unicorn and a group of horses, they're going to go for the unicorn. So you just don't know that yet. So that was kind of where it started was just that bullying and trying to help him see that the people who stand out, you know, are going to possibly sometimes get picked on and that's okay because they're different. So this was just a funny way of really a unicorn coming out saying, you know what, like I stand out all the time and here are the steps that you have to do to stand out and be yourself and be you and don't hide yourself, like be out there. So that was kind of where it came from. I love that. That is so cool. Grandiloquent is the word, by the way. I finally found it. That was the one I have a hard time pronouncing. Yeah, grandiloquent. I love that. Is that actually a word? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Well, not that that was even important, but I'm glad we sort of closed the loop on that. Well, I love how you have all these steps, right? It's not just like, it would be nice to be a unicorn, but this is like, let me transform you into a unicorn. And then you have this real feeling of accomplishment at the end, right? Yeah. This is the secret steps that like no one knows. And so glitter poop is coming into let us know how he does it. And that you, you only, if you only do these nine steps, then you'll be a unicorn <laughs> by the end. How come in you do you and you did it and all that, you're just using the letter U and not Y-O-U? Just curious. I don't know. We just, it was just fun. It was, yeah, it is fun. Different. Yeah. Just to spell out you just seems like a lot of letters to just get it across. So it just seems like it could be a banner. Like yeah. you do you. you know? Totally. Totally. I love yeah. it. Okay. What is your unicorn name? That's step one, by the way, is choosing a unicorn name. Yes. My unicorn name is in the back. I am Sassy Sparkle Pants. Oh, what? it's in the back. Yeah. Did I miss it? Oh, it's, um, well, it's, oh, it's on in the... your author description. She, I didn't even read it. I'm so unprepared. How cute is that? Like uh, Maddie Frost did those. She's a great illustrator. Uh, illustrator. I love her her art so much. She's great. And she is spunky happy hooves. Oh, I love yeah. that. So that was her idea to kind of come up with our author bios. Wow. Sassy sparkle yeah. pants. You can't really beat that. That's pretty good. I mean, right. I thought so. <laughs> I had to get sassy in there. I, I, I debated on sparkle pants for a while. Cause I don't really wear sparkly pants, but I feel like right. I the unicorn you does wear sparkle pants. Yes. And I walk as if I wear sparkle pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's an interesting question, right? Do you want your child to stand out in a crowd from day one? Is that the easiest path or is it a, an essential path or like, I don't think it's the easiest path. I just think that, you know, some kids don't fit into that, you know, I don't know what the mold is called, like the popular mold, the one that just gets it, you know, that that's just easy. They just make friends easily. They keep friends easily. For some reason, my kids have definitely struggled in that. And I don't know why I think they're, they seem a little bit older for their age. So I think sometimes they don't quite connect this is going to sound bad, the emotional intelligence. I don't, I don't think it's like, I'm not putting people down in like a, you know, oh, your, you know, emotional intelligence isn't there, but I just think they think differently. And I always just want them to be proud of who they are. And I think someday it will pay off. You know, I think that a lot of times the people who are different, you know, later stand out and the ones who aren't as different later blend in. And so I just didn't ever want them to feel bad about you know, who they were and to actually celebrate it, you know, celebrate that you love science, celebrate that, you know, that you're not into makeup, celebrate, you know, that, that you love playing with earthworms more than makeup. So like, those are the kind of things that 
Yeah. I mean, I think we should celebrate our kids' differences and we should encourage them to be different. We don't want them to be the same. I totally, I love that. Because your earthworm holder is one day going to be like a Nobel winning scientist, right? That's what always happens, right? Hopefully she's going to be a vet. She just got accepted. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, that's so great. She just got accepted to the University of North Georgia. So she'll be going there. Oh, congratulations. Wow. That's great. No, it's true. I mean, it's, I used to think there was like a inverse correlation between popularity in seventh grade and long-term success, right? If you peak in seventh grade, that is not a good thing. I think you you have to like slow and steady climb up, right? You don't want to peak too soon. No, you always want to be going up. You always want to be going up. Exactly. And sometimes we go back to the reunions and, you know, (laughs) it's interesting to see how people end up, you know, those people who were just like on top, you know, in high school, maybe not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. So like, I think we take it too seriously when we're in that moment, but it's hard, you know, I think in high school we're forced together with people. Really, it's the only time in our life that we don't choose to be there, right? Like you choose a college, you choose your job, you choose your friends in college. And usually those are out of, you know, I guess things that you have in common, but in high school, you're forced to kind of, it's whoever you got lunch with that year, you know, it's, so sometimes you you don't really fit in with that. That's true. Yeah. What about Theothesaurus? How did that one come about? The dinosaur who loved big words. It's funny. I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of my books do come from my kids, even though they're older. Theothesaurus came about because my son, when he was a little bit younger, always tried to impress his teachers with big words. And so I would read because I'm, I'm I'm the editor, right? You're probably the editor in the house. So I'm the editor in the house. And I would read some of these words and say, Are, did you look this word up? Because I'm not sure this is the context that this word should be used in. And he's like, teachers love big words. <laughs> and so there was one day I was in the kitchen cooking, which is not normal. I don't cook often. <laughs> so I was cooking and he was yelling. My son was yelling from the back saying, what's another word for happy? You know, a bigger word for happy. And I was like, look at a thesaurus. He's like, a what? And I was like, a thesaurus. So we're screaming because in our house, we don't walk to the other room. We scream back and forth. So I'm screaming back and forth. A what? A thesaurus. That's so weird. I've never heard that happening. I never <laughs> scream at all, ever. Yeah, no, I don't even know. Quiet. Okay. Anyway, go on. <laughs> And he said, uh, I said, a thesaurus. He said, what? I said, a thesaurus as in the dinosaur, the saurus. And I thought, surely that's been done. Like it was just that kind of thing. Like, oh, that's been done. There's no way someone hasn't done the dinosaur who loved big words as a thesaurus. And I just started looking it up and it had not been done. And so Theo also kind of, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb. He's the only thesaurus in his class. No one's ever heard of a thesaurus. He has very peculiar, you know, things that he does that he eats crudite and they're like, Ooh. so it also is really about a, a, a dinosaur trying to be himself and be accepted. And so I guess there's a little theme there. I think so. Should I put my therapist hat, probably hat on about for me. you? I mean, just... <laughs> I probably need to get a, a couch. Ellie, are you feeling like you're you're not accepted lately? Are you feeling a little bit yes. on the outskirts of things? Yeah, I'm feeling left out of a lot of things. <laughs> Evidently. I feel like <laughs> we're saving like hundreds of dollars in therapy. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Sure, you can just replay this anytime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine. I feel like everybody's left out because what even is even going on anymore, right? Like we're all stuck most of the time and some, I mean, it seems like with the kids going back to school, maybe some life is going back somewhat, sort of cautiously, but I don't know. Just, I don't know what everybody else is doing. I'm constantly like, everybody's probably out like doing stuff, but 
I'm not. I don't know. I'm in here doing these interviews all day and, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm missing out too. I'm not, but I'm ha- it's JOMO, right? Like the joy of missing out is what it's become. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, why is it whenever I'm out, I like can't wait to get back home. It's so sad. I mean, I enjoy it, but I'm like always really happy to get home. I think yeah, just- you're like that relief. It's because right now there's a tension when you go out, you know, there's, it just, it doesn't feel like, it feels like, I don't know. I just feel kind of like an agoraphobe, like looking who's too close, who's do this, who's not wearing a mask. So I get home, I'm like, oh, mask off, you know, like just, can just be myself again and don't have to be like slightly paranoid and on guard. Well, I know you've already told me your story, but just in case this is the first time listeners are hearing from you, how did you end up becoming a children's book author? Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. Well, I've always written young adult, but the way I fell into picture books is CC Love Science was, you know, my first picture book with Kimberly Durding. And my daughter, who was much younger than probably nine or 10, had always done science camp. And she came home one day and I said, are you excited about science camp, you know, next week? And she said, no, not really. And this was someone who, like I said, earthworms outside in the yard, you know, while girls are standing in a circle, you know, talking about fashion, she's trying to catch a frog. Like it's just, and so she always loved science. And she said, no, not this year. And she's like, science is for boys. And I immediately just got this picture of this little girl who was just like, science is not for boys. And I thought, I wonder if I could do you know, a fancy Nancy for science. Like it's nice to teach our kids to love pink and to be fancy, but why are we not teaching our girls to love science and be smart, smart and fancy, like, or fancy smart, however you want to put it together. So that was kind of what kicked off that series. And Kim, who had had studied biology, you know, we were like, let's write this book together. So that was kind of how it started. And now somehow I am down like a picture book track, which was not my intention. I mean, my intention and you know, hopefully at some point I would love to do a YA, you know, like a young adult book, 
but yeah, so I love picture books and I love talking with the kids when they're that age, you know, and getting letters from them. Like, I didn't think science was for girls either until you came. Aww. I know. And you're just like, okay, that's it. I touched one person. Like that's. What if that one person develops a cure for some disease because all of a sudden they realize that this is something that can be accessible to them because of this book? I mean, how powerful is that? And I think I might've talked about this with you before, but I think what scared me the most was that someone, someone, because it wasn't, my husband has a PhD in topography and I love science. I do a lot of conservation efforts in Atlanta. So I couldn't figure out like, how does someone like that get that message? So it kind of made me realize that I think we underestimate these young kids, like how much they absorb. They're like little sponges and these messages sneak in that aren't necessarily messages that their teachers give. I know teachers aren't saying science is for boys. I'm not saying that. So where did she get that message that was so strong that within a short period of time, she had gone from loving science to science is for boys. That seems like that would be a big message somewhere, like a bullet, like a big billboard or something. Where did that come from? So I started realizing, you know, we can really make an impression on these kids at a very young age and, you know, help them think about the things that are important. I think we kind of focus on teens and we forget that, you know, those five, six, seven-year-olds are just looking for, you know, they're out there seeking answers and asking questions. And that was kind of what we loved about that CC Love Science series. That's awesome. I love it. As I've told you, my kids loved it. Still love it. <laughs> I just interviewed this author named Meg Cabot who writes sort of rom-coms and stuff. And in her- Oh, who's Meg Cabot? I've never heard okay, of fine. her. Okay, fine. Well, okay. I- Princess Diaries, yeah. Princess Diaries. Yes, Princess Diaries. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody yeah. knows. Anyway, point really? is- Really? You think everybody knows? I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe somebody's listening right now who just like, maybe it's a child listening who loves your picture books. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> now what was I even saying about Meg Cabot? Oh, because she's a YA. She's like a, not even YA. She's like a middle grade graphic novel type author, like of a dog man series-ish. And people are always telling the character in the book, you know, I used to love your books. And she's like, I that sounds bad. Well, I don't want people to have used to have liked my books. And like the person that she hangs out with, the other author, they're always like, your books are amazing. And I used to like your books. So anyway, that made me, when I said that to you, I I wanted to, you know, bite my tongue. They used to like your books. They still love your books, but (laughs) used to read them more often, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. So what picture books or what's on the horizon? You must have so much other stuff coming. I do. It's been like, you know, it's hard because as a writer, I think I spent 15 years, just rejection, rejection, rejection. I self-published some books that got rejected and they sold a lot of copies, but I still, you know, wanted to break in. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get lucky, you, you hit something at the right time and then some things happen, but I don't take that for granted. Right. So that's each book is like special and I don't expect another one. It's just each one that comes in. I love and it's the right time and I hope it makes a difference, but I'm not expecting anything else because I think this business is hard. But we do have some more. We have three more Love Science I Can Reads coming out. So that's great. We've got Vivi Love Science Sink or Swim, which is coming out in February. I have another Theo book coming out. Theo Finds the Perfect Pet. So he finds a pet that is maybe not so perfect and he has to figure out how to communicate with this pet Mm. that he doesn't really know much about. And then uh, Kim and I just announced that next fall we have Penny, Penny, the engineering tale of the fourth pig. So Penny is the younger sister of the three little pigs and she comes home to help them rebuild 
but the wolf returns. And so she decides to help them out in a different way. Love it. So, yeah. So that's kind of what's on the horizon. That's great. How fun. I know. Did you ever think like when you were a kid reading and reading picture books that this is where you might end up? Or did you? I don't even think I thought that authors were real. Like I thought someone was just, you know, in a warehouse somewhere cranking these things out under different people's names. Like, I don't know if I ever thought there was a person sitting behind a desk creating a story, you know, when I was reading Babysitter's Club or Nancy Drew. I don't, did you? I don't know if, Um, I never thought of it, you know? I used to write authors letters and sometimes they wrote me back. And so I kind of knew they weren't computers, but... (laughs) (laughs) And this was before computers. So I was obviously advanced. No, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said computers. No, no, I got my first computer and I was like eight or nine or something like that. It was like the biggest deal. And my grandmother ruined the surprise by calling first thing and being like, do you like your new computer? And my mother was like, ah. You're like, I thought that was a TV. Yeah, exactly. It was like they were so big. hundred you know, feet wide or whatever it was. I always read, but I don't know if I ever thought about who was behind the book. Yeah. I guess. No, no, I get it. Uh, yeah. And what do you like to read? Like when you're not writing picture books, what are some of your go-to books that you read for fun? Assuming you do. Well, I follow your book club. Yeah, so I try to right. read as many. And you come and with uh, armed with quotes every time, which I can't thank you enough for. It's amazing. Armed with quotes. Is it just kind of some, some of them just call out to me. And this week is the plot, right? Is, it, is that the one this week, this coming week? Yeah. So I just finished that. And right now I'm reading The Husbands by Chandler Baker. And I try to read a YA too. So I'm also reading Lore by Alexander Bracken. Hmm. Very mythological. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. What are you reading? What am I reading? Yeah, what are you? You're probably way down. You're like six months down the road, right? Well, no. I mean, I'm behind actually. Some books I'm okay, but some books, like I just did a book today that came out in May and the person's already has a new book coming out. And I'm like, Oh, I prepared the wrong book. But anyway, but Mira Jacob, I did her today, a memoir and conversations. It's a graphic novel, like for grownups. And I don't usually like graphic novel, but it's like a, she drew these pictures and then put them over photography. Anyway, it's really, that's great. She did the art too. She did the art. Yep. Oh, that's great. But it's really cool about like parenting and race and she's Indian, married a Jewish guy. And anyway, really off shopping now, but I, I happen to love this book, but it's very different, but I like different. So, you know. Yeah. I like how it bounces around, yeah. especially with your book club. I love how it, it mixes it up a little bit. Yeah. Nobody wants to get bored reading all the same stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, amazing. Thank you so much. Theothesaurus, the dinosaur who loved big, loved big words and shine like a unicorn. I will try to shine a little extra today on this very tired, <laughs> feeling non-shiny day for me. And by the way, let me give a shout out to the illustrators because Maddie Frost is the illustrator on Shine Like a Unicorn and how adorable is her art. I, I mean, love it. Totally so love it. This feels like it should be a picture. The cover looks like should be like framed on a kid's wall. You know what I mean? All these... Yeah. Well, we made some posters because we're going to do some like little anti-bullying, like be a unit, you know, don't be a bully, be a unicorn. Love it. And then Theosaurus is Mike Moran. And I mean, it's, it's so fun. We've got some virtual visits and stuff coming up in September and October, but it's so fun to watch them draw because they're very simple shapes. And as they're drawing, I'm like, I could totally be an illustrator. Like, and then I, the, he holds up his or she holds up hers and I hold up mine and it's clearly different, but I did the same shapes they did, but it's, it's definitely not in me. So the illustrators are 
a huge part. And Joelle Murray is our illustrator, our newest illustrator for the CC Love Science series. And she's great. So shout out to the illustrators. <laughs> um, without them, these books wouldn't be, right? It's true. I tried to yeah, do a, a drawing out. class, like an Instagram live drawing thing with <laughs> during the pandemic at one point. And like, even with these very specific instructions, you know, I held what I held up at the end was not at all what it should have been. I know it's amazing. It's I don't know where I went wrong. I was like, I did the oval, I did the yeah, you know, yeah. triangle. It just somehow ended up a blob. I don't know how but, my shapes are ending up blobby. But you know what, Shelly? You do you. Yes, you do you. Okay. <laughs> you don't we don't have to be artists. We can we can <laughs> paint pictures with words instead. So Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on again. And yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 